You're listening to the Begin Within Health Show with Nate Slager. For more, go to beginwithin.fit slash podcast or to enroll right now in our flagship coaching program, go to beginwithin.fit slash coaching. My guest today is gut expert Josh Deck. He's also the host of the Reverse Able podcast. He's a holistic nutritionist and medical lecturer. You are going to be blown away by how much knowledge he has about the gut. I want you to listen particularly to the symptoms of disease that we talk about in the podcast. I'm not going to say that this interview has been haunting me ever since Josh and I got together and had this conversation, but I am going to tell you that it has made me much more conscious of my gut health, what I'm doing to support it, and signs and symptoms that I might be having that there's some problems. And these are signs and symptoms that in the past I have just kind of brushed off as no big deal, just part of life. I hope, in fact, I'm very confident that this interview is going to open your eyes in a very similar way. And what it will help you to do is what it's helped me to do. And that is begin to take steps to have a healthier gut, a healthier digestion, and thereby a healthier body to be a healthier version of yourself. Please enjoy my interview with Josh deck. I used to be a paramedic. That was actually my first career way back when I uh, started when I was probably 19 years old. And I realized pretty quickly it wasn't healthcare, right? It was sick care. I was picking the same people up for the same things over and over, same patients for the same thing, taking them to the, the hospital to get new medication or more of the same medication until they died and stopped calling. And it just wasn't what I wanted to do in healthcare. And so through a chain of happy accidents, I ended up becoming a personal trainer, moving across the country, looking for different work. And long story short, I was at a trade show and this is my early twenties. And there was a woman talking about the gut and the gut microbiome, what it is, how it works right from infancy, its connection to disease. And it was love at first sight, man. I thought that is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And I was all in, I saved up for a couple of years, went back to school, became a holistic nutritionist. And I started in the gut space and here we are, you know, all these years later and it's incredible what we're able to do. We are rattling the gut sphere. Wow. Okay, man. That was, so that was quick. <laughs> yeah, don't was, you keep it, keep it short. <laughs> Josh. Okay. It was nice. 10, 10 yeah, yeah, 12 yeah. years summarized in about. No, I love seconds. it. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, let's, let's dive in a little bit. Um, so you are. You've mentioned kind of before we before we d dove in here that Crohn's and colitis is kind of the, I guess the 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 area that you're you're most passionate about serving people. Could you tell mm. tell me a little bit about why that is and how that maybe connects to to others who maybe aren't suffering with one of those totally uh, conditions? Yeah. So a lot of people hear Crohn's colitis and a go, oh, that's not for me. It's not my issue. Or B, they go, I don't know what that is, so it's not my issue. So here's what we need to know. Gut disease is a spectrum. Anybody who comes in with something benign is bloat. Maybe you're having a bowel movement once a day or every other day and your doctor goes, oh, that's normal. 
Maybe you're having a little bit of loose stool. Diarrhea comes around too much. Maybe you have food sensitivities. Or there are a couple of foods you eat where your transit time is 10 minutes and it goes out as quickly as it came in. That is a low end of the spectrum of gut issues. You're on the low grade of inflammation. On the very far end, and this can progress, right? Picture walking in a pair of shoes without socks on. That heel rubs raw until it blisters and bleeds. Then now we have this Crohn's and colitis, which are severe inflammation. Ulcerative colitis is ulceration. We have colitis, which is inflammation and ulceration. Uh, we can get as well inside the colon, the large intestine. And then Crohn's disease really can be inflammation anywhere from mouth to anus. And these diseases can be debilitating. I've seen people in with 40, 50 plus bowel movements a day, blood, mucus, pain compared to childbirth. And it's just a crippling disease that takes away their lives, their personal lives, their sex lives, their relationships, their work, their passions, their energy. It destroys everything. And so my whole thing here is talking about gut health to help people prevent those types of diseases. And unfortunately, the Western world, Western medicine goes, well, it's autoimmune. There's nothing we can do. It is what it is. Here's some drugs. But the reality is it can't possibly all be autoimmune. The top autoimmune experts in the world in the functional medicine space agree it's a spectrum. Not all cases are. And then Western says there's nothing we can do. Whereas the functional medicine space, we go, well, that's fully reversible, even if you're on the autoimmune spectrum. And so how can we nip this early? especially for those not dealing with severe issues, because anybody can get Crohn's and colitis. Anybody. It's not just a genetic thing. It's not just random. It's not because God hates you more than the rest. It is just something that can happen due to wear and tear severity or infection of some kind. And that's really how we, we see these, these diseases come about. Wow. Okay. Got it. So, so that's the, the very extreme end of the spectrum. So um, could you, t I, I guess I, for for me, and I, I haven't explored the the um, area of gut health nowhere near as thoroughly as you have. I'm I'm reading a book right now about the brain. I think it might be called The Mind and the Gut. I'm embarrassed. I don't even know the title. Um, Must so be I'm, a great book. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm I don't I, I, I read it on my Kindle, so I don't see the cover all the time. You know, like like that. the old I've got days. actors who I like, and I don't even know their name. I just know their faces. <laughs> I don't see the title like I used to all the time. So, um, so I'm, I'm like, I'm learning fast. We've had, you know, a number of guests here on the show, but I think Josh, I think you're the first person that I've ever heard talk about, um, those diseases being something that anyone, and is, am I right in saying a disease or is, is disorder condition? Like what, what's the better way to say it? No, I, I think disease is accurate. I mean, disease okay. broken down to the actual etymology of the word is dis ease. It's a lack right. of ease of function and it relates to dysfunction. And any disease in the body, whether it's inflammation in your joints as arthritis, whether it's psoriasis or eczema or acne on the skin, these are all byproducts of dysfunction. Mm. If the body is functional and it's given optimal nutrients and optimal conditions, it heals itself and we don't have diseases. So dis-ease is a byproduct of dysfunction. And when we can find the root of this thing, and I get people, I, I've had so much hate mail for saying we can reverse Crohn's and colitis because it is a debilitating disease. It's a very emotional thing for people. They get very attached to it. They identify sometimes with this disease. But the reality is I've had so much hate for saying it can be reversed. But here we are. People in my own Facebook group, got a group of almost 13,000 people on Facebook. People in my own group going, oh, this is a scam. Meanwhile, we're talking to a lady who's been a member of the group for two years who joined the program and she's 12 weeks, 16 weeks, and she's got no symptoms. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. And so it can all be done. And that's really 
anybody can get this disease okay. and anybody can reverse it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, okay. Now two, I guess two areas I want to, I, I want to make sure that we talk about, of course, I want to touch on as, as much as you're willing to share on the things that are making the, the healing possible. Oh, I will share all of it. Yeah. And I mean, maybe the things, maybe we could start with this. What are the things that make, create the dis-ease specifically? I know you, you mentioned in a general sense, but what are the things that you see most often that are caught, you know, causing the harm? Well, I'm, it's a convenient that you're actually asking this question right now at this time. I just did a lecture last night. I do these every single week in my group. And I actually created this nifty little Venn diagram. I don't know if you have video here, but you can see this. Maybe your yeah. listeners can't through audio. So I have a three ring Venn diagram. And the outer three rings, those are the three things that lead to inflammatory bowel. Now, again, anybody can have these problems. It's a level of severity of exposure, length of time, and how many of these things combine to create this disease. And then the inner ring is actually what leads to true autoimmune diseases that anybody can again get. So for the listeners, we want to make sure we are avoiding these as much as we possibly can. So my outer rings, number one, we have toxins. And toxins are highly inflammatory, whether that's toxins in your food, whether that's in the environment, if that's mold toxins, if that's heavy metals, if that is gasoline and fumes and vapors, if that you work at a new car a lot and you're constantly whiffing in these new car smells, that's formaldehyde, right? So there's all kinds of stuff that can create inflammation that your body has to detoxify and it has trouble the more you have to deal with. It's not an octopus. You don't have eight hands. And so it's trying to figure out what to do with these things. So the number one inflammatory is toxins from wherever they come in. Number two is going to be diet or nutrient deficiencies. And I put them in the same lump because the Venn diagram wouldn't make sense without it. <laughs> but if we have diet that is garbage, we're eating like raccoons, anything we can find, we just stick into our faces. It's fast food, hot dogs, beer, alcohol. These things obviously are highly detrimental. There's also, we, talk, we know like what to eat. We don't really talk about how to eat. Are you eating on the go all the time? Are you running around? Are you swallowing like a pelican and not chewing your food, causing issues in your gut, lack of digestion between poor quality food, poor quality chewing and eating habits, and frankly, poor quality soil nowadays. There are studies suggesting that we might need up to 20 oranges today to eat or to get the same nutrients that we would have 200 years ago in a single orange. So even our soil from the monocropping and the agricultural process of tilling the soil, it's just devoid. So we have toxins and we have diet and nutrient deficiencies. The third outer ring that leads to bowel dysfunction is bacterial imbalances. Now that's going to encompass all bacterium in the gut, whether that's good bacteria, bad bacteria, or what we call opportunistic bacteria. And when they have the opportunity to, they take over. It can be the fungi because we have tons of fungi in our gut as well. Um, there's viruses and parasites. They all work in harmony in this ecosystem we call your gut microbiome. But we have microbiomes all over the body right? Oral, rectal, vaginal, they're in your hair, they're in your eyebrows, in your nose. Like we have them everywhere in these neighborhoods, like a country with an economy that runs, they all communicate to with each other. They send signals back and forth in imbalances in one. Imagine if the Alberta oil sector just shut down, the whole country would be done, right? We had to import more foreign, everything would be more expensive because they all work together. They communicate together. We have resources, we have farms, same in the body. So we have toxins, got to keep those in check, diet, nutrient deficiencies, and bacterial imbalances. Those are the three things that lead to inflammation. Now, these three things can jump on the back of three other things that can lead to true autoimmunity. One is leaky gut. 
Now, if that leaky gut, you become inflamed, that leak leads to inflammation around the body, precipitating autoimmunity. And up to 90%, some will even argue 95% of your immune system is right in your gut. One cell, boom, touching your immune system. The immune, immune cells, your B cells and T cells and T reg cells, these things grow and mature inside your gut. If you have an unhealthy gut and you are inflamed, you cannot have a healthy byproduct. The second one on the inner ring is going to be genetics. So if you have a genetic predisposition, common ones, IL-26, NOD2, these are certain genes and genetic markers people can have that things like toxins, bacteria, diet will exploit to create ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, for example. NOD2 is a common Crohn's disease gene. And then the last one, of course, is a trigger. That's going to be a trauma, physical, psychological. Maybe it's a high dose of antibiotics. Maybe it's a surgery. Maybe it's pregnancy, moving countries. Uh, whatever it can be, there can be a trigger. And triggers could also be toxins. So your outer rings are toxins, bacterial imbalances, nutrient deficiencies, which overlap to create triggers, leaky gut, and genetics. Between those three things, if they're exploited by your environment, your food in the right way or the worst way, you then develop these autoimmune inflammatory conditions. Anyone can get them. That, that's really well explained. I, I think that's great. Thank you. That's awesome. It's been um, a lot of years condensed into six circles. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and I mean, as, as, I'm, as I'm listening, I, you know, genetics to me is like the one that it, it was like, oh, there it is, finally, right? But, but I think in especially our Western world, that's the one that gets all the attention when it comes to, to medicine, right? Like this is, you just got it, you inherited it, it's, it's what it is, and that's, we just treat it with meds, and that's, that's what we can do, right? It, genetics is a, it's a stupid cop out in my opinion, you know, because we say, well, it's genetics. There's a great saying that's made viral around the functional community. It's that genetics load the gun. Lifestyle pulls the trigger. Something mm -hmm. has to exploit that genetic marker. Now, even those who have a really bad run of true genetic autoimmunity, there's always layers. Um, I had a podcast episode I just filmed last night with Dr. Jill Carnahan, and she's actually had Crohn's herself. She had it for many, many years. And when she was in medical school, she turns out she actually had all of these things. She worked on a farm, so she was exposed to pesticides and toxins all the time. She had huge candida and fungal overgrowth, so she had bacterial imbalances in her gut. And she also, because of certain genes and methylation genes, she wasn't able to extract and absorb nutrients. She happened to be low on B vitamins. She was low on zinc. She couldn't produce stomach acid, which caused more bacterial imbalances. She also had an NO2 or NOD2 gene. Um, she had some stress triggers going through medical school and all this created leaky gut. So she got this auto, she had everything, the perfect storm to create autoimmunity, but she's 23 years now completely reversed because she was able to take advantage and figure out where are her genes making her lack? How can she supplement what her genes are not doing or what holes the genes are putting in this process, in this process, in this problem? And so she was able to reverse that by herself because she's a medical doctor and she knew what she was doing. And so we say, yeah, it's just genetic, but I'll give you a prime example of where it's stupid. <laughs> I have a fellow I'm working with. He's a 22 year old male and he went into his doctor with ulcerative colitis, right? And again, far into the severe spectrum of inflammation in the gut. And so his doctor went in, he said, okay, well, two months ago, this was just IBS. It looks like we misdiagnosed you. Six months later now, it's actually IBD, inflammatory bowel disease. You have ulcerative colitis. And his, his doctor went, well, probably just genetic. He says, you're Jewish. Your family's Jewish. Jewish people get it more than anybody else. So therefore it's genetic. Here's some drugs. And he put them on mesalamine four pills a day. And we sat down, I met with this fellow. I thought that is a stupid cop-out. doesn't make any sense. 
I'll tell you, Nate took us all of 15 minutes. We sat down, went through a history, and he started a new job. Two months after the new job, he was diagnosed with IBS. Six months after that, IBD. So, okay, what job were you doing? So, I'm working in HVAC. Did you wear your PPE? Well, no, I thought it was stupid. Great, you probably have a mold infection. That's your toxin as the trigger. Did a urine test, came back positive with a toxin called OTA or ochratoxin A, well known to cause colitis, liver issues, kidney issues. Took it out of his system 10 weeks later, no symptoms, off his medication, feeling perfectly fine, no signs of disease. Because it's not always this debilitating, can do nothing about disease process, but we do, like you said, chalk it up and go, oh, well, it's genetic, and we don't bother looking further. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's an, that, that's a compelling story. That's, you know, awesome case study there. Um, how about this? I, I want to just rewind. You mentioned, um, a couple of things that are low, kind of on the low end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking as, as, you know, I guess I'm thinking selfishly, um, absolutely first, first and foremost, <laughs> but also for listeners, um, what are, what are the, what's maybe a list or what are the, some of the things on the low end of the spectrum that may be signs that we should take gut health seriously? Like what are, what are some of those things? I think you mentioned, um, transit time, bloating, mm -hmm. um, are there others and maybe even just, if you don't mind talking a little bit more about those and how those present for sure because those are the starts of these severity right that's the heel rubbing raw you're catching it while it's red before it blisters and bleeds which i think is excellent so when we're looking at that 100 bloating bloating is a byproduct of two things typically you're going to see gas build up from bacterial dysbiosis that's a fancy word for imbalance or you're going to see inflammation drawing water into the tissues it just really depends on what's happening and why it's happening so if you're somebody, and I don't just mean somebody who's got a bit of a belly, like you eat something within minutes or hours, you're like, ugh, I'm distended, it hurts, um, I'm having pain, it's crampy, it's uncomfortable to lay down, that's bloating. That's a negative reaction to something. So something has to create that byproduct. Now, when you eat, you poop, you have 100 trillion bacteria inside of your gut, making up about 2 to 3% of your entire body weight. Um, 3 to 5 pounds in the average adult is all just bacteria. And so... Uh, Dr. Yoshida Schoenfeld, actually at Tel Aviv University, does a great study. And he says, we are born 99% human, 99% human, and 1% bacteria. So you get them in utero. By the time we die, we are 90% bacteria, 10% human cells. Because really, so the question is, are we bacteria having a human experience or humans living with bacteria by the end of our lives? It's pretty bizarre. And so when we look at the ratio, we have to understand when those become imbalanced, that's this dysfunction leading to things like bloat. So if your transit time is rapid, right, let's talk about leaky gut. Leaky gut is often seen as a very bad thing. Well, something less commonly known is that leaky gut is a good thing. Leaky gut is actually a defense mechanism. Mm. And what happens is these receptors between your stomach and small intestine, these called TLR4s, toll-like receptor number four, they will stand guard. And it's like Gandalf, right? You shall not pass. They decide what comes through, what doesn't. Now, if they detect something that looks problematic, they will open the floodgates, draw water in. They'll actually open the cells, creating leaks in the gut, draws water in, like putting your thumb over the hose to wash down the driveway, and they flush things out of the system. That's leaky gut. The problem is chronic inflammation, chronic bloat. This is sustained leaky gut. Then instead of being one-directional, it becomes bi-directional. Now things leak out of our gut, causing problems. And so that's this chronic bloat inflammation 
These are causing problems. Rapid transit time, your body might be creating leaky gut. Listen to what it's trying to get rid of and cut it out of your diet because you're precipitating leaky gut that can become bidirectional, leading to systemic health issues down the road. You're getting large molecules of food passing into your blood and lymphatic system, which is a super highway around the body. You're passing bacteria, pathogens, bacterial byproducts, all of that stuff. Another one we see commonly, so bloody commonly, is acid reflux. Now, I've been doing this for a long time. I have never in the entirety of my practice seen somebody come in with what's called hyperchloridia. They're always given, oh yeah, you have too much acid. Here's an antacid. Well, if you have hyper, you have too much stomach acid. I've never seen it. Every single time I've seen people with acid reflux, it's actually low acid. And so we often think, well, why does it make sense? Because if I have stomach acid, it's like a cup of water. So if it's sloshing around and got too much of overflow, that comes up. That's not the case. What happens is you have two sphincters in your stomach, right? The entry and the exit from your, from your esophagus to your small intestine. Well, those, those sphincters are both pH and pressure sensitive. So they need to have a low pH, that's acidity, to be able to keep them closed as well as fluid volume to keep them closed properly. Well, when you imagine emptying your glass full of water, you have no fluid and no pH. So there's nothing to keep that lid on tight. And so what happens now when you lay down, you eat, you move around, you get this acid reflux. You go, oh, it's too much. And we take antacids. We take Tums. We take something. And what that does is it precipitates the problem because you're lowering the acid, which is already low, whereas most people actually just need more stomach acid. And so these are three very common problems that we're seeing is rapid transit times or too slow. Right, that's the other end. If you're finding doctors will say a bowel movement every few days is normal, mm -mm. eat and poop. If you're not doing at least one comfortable, easy, low pressure bowel movement that comes out, no problem, fully formed and solid once a day, you're constipated. And if you're having rapid transit time, you're going maybe more than two or three times a day, you're probably a little bit loose. My clients call it being loose in the caboose. And so that right there is a problem. Then we have bloat, we have acid reflux. Those are very early warning signs of there being a problem. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. And that's digestively. There's other signs you can look yeah. for that are not gut related. Yeah, man. I, 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 again, I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking totally selfishly. And totally. The listeners don't want to hear about my, my stuff, but I, I can say that, um, my, my mom recently passed away and she had, uh, during her time with cancer, I had acid reflux for like, can, like, I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, what is going on? And I'm, I'm not kidding, Josh, like after she passed away, I, I'm like, oh, it's gone, you know? And I, and I, I, I remember feeling so much relief that she did it. We did it. You know, she, she, you know, fought the disease to the end. And, um, but I think for me, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm just thinking like, man, was it just like this stress that I was feeling that what that kind of pulled the trigger finally? Um, or maybe it was just eating my parents' food. <laughs> they were eating super well. Yeah. well. Here's something to consider, right? Your body's either in rest or digest or it's in fight or flight. Again, a spectrum of severity, like yeah. actively running from somebody who's got a gun to your head and trying to steal your purse. Yeah, you're going to be in fight or flight very actively. But being under chronic stress, seeing you know a family member, a loved one, a parent who's sick, you're under chronic stress. So therefore, you're in the fight or flight spectrum more than rest and digest. But what do we do in rest and digest? We produce stomach acid. We have good, healthy GI motility. We have good digestive enzyme production. In fight or flight, 
all that stuff shuts off. It goes elsewhere, dumps sugar into the blood. This is why people who are chronically stressed tend to gain weight because they're constantly putting blood sugar, sugar into their blood, requiring more insulin, that they're not actively using this sugar. So that just shuttles it to fat cells for storage and they can gain weight that way. And so your body isn't focusing on making digestive enzymes or stomach acid. And so you're not extracting the nutrients you need to make it properly and you're high stress. You're not making it anyways. Your body's not trying to eat. It's trying to flee. And so those high stress moments, we get acid reflux because your acid lowers. And now we have that fluid and pH issue. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I was like, like flipping a switch for me. And I, you know, I, I do this show, like I, I'm, I'm working out, like I have time, I have my morning routine. Like I, I feel like I deal with stress really well, but I was just saying to my wife, I was like, maybe I don't, maybe, I, you know, I'm like, man, I'm just, you we're know, men, all we compartmentalize, dude. It's, yep. you no, know, we don't deal with it. Well, we never do. We never <laughs> do. I, most of my guys, women, they'll go to therapy. It's getting a bit more popular now for men, but every guy I work with who's under stress, I'm like, dude, just get a digestive enzyme for now. Very simple digestive enzyme. For one, for two, try some HCL, that stomach acid replacement pills. You can buy them as betaine HCL. Pop one of those with a meal up to know, eight or 10 if you need them. That's fine. I've used up to 15. Um, and sometimes that just band-aids things over so you can like mitigate the stress. Mm, man. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just as I get older, I have new little, you know, all of us. Um, okay. I won't go down another uh, rabbit hole with you, man. This has been awesome. This has been just terrific. Um, I would love to know how you know how how we can connect with you i know you have a show um what, what's the best way for people to to benefit from the the resources that you have available totally so best way to find anything is through my website gutsolution.ca i do have a podcast called reversible that's reverse able the ultimate gut health podcast and we meet with some just incredible doctors from all around the world. Some of the most famous, Dr. William Lee, Stephen Gundry, famous personalities like Lisa Bill Yu of Women of Impact and Impact Theory. Um, just some really big name dropping here. Um, they're just way too famous to be on my show, but they are. And it's been amazing. Um, and we talk all about the gut. It's the things about our lives that impact and affect our gut and how our gut and our lives impact each other. Like that bi-directional relationship. And so that podcast is, of course, available anywhere. But the easiest way to find that, to reach out, to even see the podcast, all that stuff can be found at gutsolution.ca. Didn't I tell you he was going to blow you away? He blew me away as I was listening. Man, I can't get enough. And I sure hope that he comes back on the show again to dig in a little bit more into gut health and what we can do to maximize, to optimize our gut health. You've got a link in the show notes to connect with him, to get access to all the resources that he mentioned, gutsolution.ca. It's waiting there for you. Now, like I said in the intro, I want to just take a moment because I, I want to have you leave with some action steps. I want to have you leave better than I found you today. And like I told you, for me, this was eye-opening. This conversation, even though I have done lots of research on gut health, as I mentioned, uh, I'm reading about it now. It's something I'm very, very interested in learning about. Um, and yet, this interview with Josh, for me, the idea of the spectrum of gut disease was very eye-opening. It was something that stuck with me and it's something that's been honestly on my mind every single day 
since he and I had this conversation. Because I consider myself to be relatively healthy, right? I try to take good care of myself, try to make good decisions. And yet, from time to time, more often than I'd like to admit, there's some signs of gut disease. The start, you know, maybe maybe for you, like for me, it's just the very edge of the of the spectrum of gut disease. But what I want to encourage you to do is to not take that for granted. I'm talking about the symptoms that were mentioned in our conversation. The symptoms that Josh mentioned, bloating, rapid transit time, um, constipation, acid reflux, these kinds of things, so much in our culture, they get brushed off as kind of no big deal, just part of life, go take, you know, some uh, digestive uh, pills that are going to help you or some antacid tablets or whatever it is, and you're going to be fine. You're going to go back on track. In fact, you know, so often the commercials for those medications have somebody e- eating things that that are causing them these problems in the commercial, right? 30 second commercial, we get the whole, we get the picture, right? They're eating things that we know are less healthy things. And yet the commercial, the message is it's okay Go ahead and eat that stuff. Just take the pill and you're going to be fine. What I want to encourage you to do is start paying attention to those symptoms on a daily basis. And of course, if you have signs of being even farther along in that spectrum of disease, I want to encourage you, instead of just messing around at home trying to make some healthier choices, Get some real help. Maybe somebody like Josh is that help. As well as, of course, your doctor, gastroenterologist, right? Go get some support. These are signs that things are not okay. So my action step for you is something that we talk a lot about in our coaching program. Of course, we're I'm not I'm not the expert on digestion and gut health that Josh is. But we take an overall, very holistic approach to health in our coaching program. And one of the one of the big things that we practice is something that we call the owner's manual. And this is a notebook, it's a journal, it's some way of tracking what you're learning about your body once you start paying attention. And I'm gonna encourage you to do that when it comes to digestion. When it comes to some of these symptoms that might pop up from time to time, the ones that I mentioned earlier, bloating, uh, very quick transit time, or constipation, or acid reflux, I want you to start noticing some of those symptoms, as well as overall discomfort, um, loud gurgling, digest, like these are just little things, right? And sometimes we just pass them off and we just say, oh, that's, that's weird, right? I want you to pay close attention to what's going on. And I want you to start, if you would, doing some documentation. Just use the notes app on your phone or a notebook and just start documenting. Oh, interesting. This thing happened today. Why might it have happened? Right. I had for for example in the interview I talked about my issue with um reflux, right? Okay, interesting. This happened now. Why might that have been? What foods have I been eating? What situations have I been in 
that would have potentially impaired some of these symptom, uh, systems and created these symptoms for me. What it enables us to do is to start looking at patterns, to start looking at how things are connecting together. Maybe I'm not getting enough sleep, right? Maybe I'm eating, maybe I changed something in my, my regular diet, right? Started eating more, I don't know, some more dairy or something, right? Just interesting to start paying attention to. Start looking at these as signals that your body's trying to tell you something, not as... Um, you know, inconveniences that need to be just band-aided with, with some quick medication. But look at them as signals. Look at them as your body's method of communicating to you. What's it saying? What's it trying to tell you? What's working? What's not working? These are, these are very important clues along the way. So I want to encourage you to start doing some documentation. Don't take for granted that you're going to remember, oh yeah, last Tuesday I had acid reflux and I think it was because I had all that pizza before bed, right? Don't don't just take it for granted, but document it. And then over time, oh, next time I had acid, you know, acid reflux, oh my oh my goodness, I had a big meal before bed again. All right. I'm learning. I'm learning the the signals here, the the I'm learning from the symptoms my body's giving me on how to make healthier choices for me, for my body. Start doing some documentation. Start developing your owner's manual. If you don't already have one, get it going. It is a huge tool, a huge weapon in this fight against uh, unhealthiness and in our journey in getting to the healthiest version, the healthiest possible version of ourselves. Let me know what you think. I'd love to continue this conversation on social media. Of course, you can find me at Nate Slager. And I appreciate you so much for listening all the way to the end of the episode, for uh, liking the show, following the show. What do you do with the show again? <laughs> you follow the show, you share the show, you rate and review the show in your podcast player. Thank you so much. It's keeping this show in the top 10% of all podcasts. And I'm very proud of that. I'm especially excited. I'm proud of that because I'm excited about the number of people that enables all of us to be able to support, to be able to help, to be able to welcome into our community of individuals who are working hard at becoming the best versions of themselves that they possibly can right now. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk with you again soon right here on the Begin Within Health Show.